We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and bearing witness that none has the right to be worshipped or unconditionally obeyed except for him. And we bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final messenger. We ask Allah to send his peace and blessings upon him, the prophets and messengers that came before him, his family and companions that served alongside him and those that follow in his blessed path until the day of judgment. And we ask Allah to make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. Dear brothers and sisters, at the core of what we are celebrating in these days of Dhul-Hijjah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our good deeds in these days and beyond. Allahumma ameen. Is the willingness of our father Ibrahim alayhi salam to sacrifice anything and everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's very interesting because at the core of that is a question. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Ibrahim alayhi salam to sacrifice his son. Why would a man sacrifice his son? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Ibrahim alayhi salam to take the most beloved thing in the world to him, his most precious possession. Realize at this point, Ishaq is not even born yet. Ismail is his only son after a long wait. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands him to sacrifice him. And subhanAllah, you'll find that there will be those that would criticize Ibrahim alayhi salam out of their arrogance and their ignorance to say that there's something wrong with Ibrahim alayhi salam and what is it about this religion, what is it about this man that this is a praiseworthy act. And so I wanted to focus on this inshallah ta'ala, this question, but not just answer it from an intellectual perspective, but really in a way that's spiritually productive for us as well. Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, and it is what we will end this khutbah with, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands justice and excellence. So Allah is telling us exactly what the nature of His command is to us, that إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ And then in the beginning of this khutbah, أُوصِيكُمْ وَنَفْسِ بِتَقْوَ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ أَمَرَنَا بِالْحَقِّ that when we enjoin one another with the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we once again affirm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enjoins only that which is good and that which is true. And so what is it about the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam taking his son and sacrificing his son? When we know that this is not a part of the sharia, not a part of the legislation of any prophet before to sacrifice their children. What is it about the story that makes it a cause of admiration and not a cause of confusion. Number one, realize that when we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands only good and forbids evil, that no person can take this message and go up to their children and say that I had a dream that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told me that I was sacrificing you and so therefore I'm going to sacrifice you out of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the sharia as we have it is final, complete, perfect. But the dreams of the prophets, and this is exactly what makes this such an important point, the dreams of the prophet in and of themselves are wahi, are revelation. And this is all happening in real time to them. And so what they see, they are to act upon as it appears with absolutely no discrepancy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demands conformity from the prophets of Allah without question and out of their goodness, out of their piety, out of their understanding of their mission, they don't ask why, they just do. When Allah tells them to do something, 
they do it. And this is what's praised about Ibrahim in particular. If When his Lord says to him, submit yourself, he says, I submit myself to the Lord of the worlds. There are no if, ands, and buts. There's no asking any questions. It's just Allah Azza wa Jal commands me to do it. Therefore, it's good. And I want to focus on this idea of the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being inherently good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us in Surah An-Nisa, وَلَوْ أَنَّا كَتَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَنِ اقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ أَوْ اخْرُجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ مَا فَعَلُوهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ مِّنْهُمْ وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ فَعَلُوا مَا يُعَظُونَ بِهِ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ وَأَشَدَّ تَثْبِيتًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if He was to command them to kill themselves or to remove themselves from their homes, to expel themselves from their homes, only a few of them would do so and had they done so, it would have been better for them, khayran lahum, and ashadda tathbita. It would have been more reassuring to them as well. It would have actually been good for them had they abided by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not make sense to them in the moment. At the core of all of this, dear brothers and sisters, is not a read of Ibrahim salam sacrificing his son. It is the absolute trust in the Amr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the command of Allah being inherently good, even if I can't understand it, paired with the absolute willingness to do anything and sacrifice anything to gain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what the cost was, was going to be. That is the beauty of the story at the end of the day. And I want you to pay attention to the words for a moment, because it's not just Ibrahim salam who's a participant in this act. Imagine how difficult it would have been if Ismail was running away from his father. Imagine Ibrahim who is struggling with the emotional turmoil of having to carry out this act despite being a Muslim in the full sense of the word, one who submits himself to Allah if Ismail was not a willing participant. But every single person in this story cites the same thing as being the cause of their tathbeet, the cause of their reassurance. And that is what? Ismail asks his father, did Allah command you to do this? So when Ibrahim says, Inna Allah amarani, Allah has commanded me to sacrifice you. As soon as Ismail reaffirms that this is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is where he puts his trust and his hope in, and he says, Satajiduni, insha'Allah min sabirin then you will find me to be amongst the patients. When Ibrahim salam leaves Hajar salam in the desert and is walking away from her, and this is painful for Ibrahim salam. This is so difficult for him to have to leave Hajar and Ismail in the desert without explanation. It's Hajar who calls out to Ibrahim salam, And what are her words? Allahu amaraka bihada. Did Allah command you to do this? If Allah commanded you to do this, then he's not going to lose us. If Allah commanded you to do this, then he will not abandon us. All three of the participants in this story cite the same thing as their reason for confidence in what they're doing, even though it doesn't make sense to any one of them. This is interesting. 
It's not like Ibrahim knows what's happening and Hajar and Ismail don't and he has to somehow give them ishara, somehow give them a sign. All three of them do not understand what the plan that Allah has in store for them is, but all three of them become willing participants with thabat, with firmness, with comfort, with reassurance, because they understand Allah does not command evil. Allah does not command purposelessness. Allah does not command that which is harmful. If Allah commanded, it will be good for all three of us in our own ways. And look what ends up happening. And subhanAllah, that's why when the Prophet tells us about shaitan going to all three of them with a different temptation. To Ibrahim you really going to sacrifice your son and leave your wife out here in the desert? To Hajar are you aware about what your husband is going to do with your son? Aren't you going to stop it? Are you going to get in the way? To Ismail, do you know what your father intends to do with you? And just like when the hijaj go through and they pelt the shaitan symbolically at the jamarat, all three of them were able to move him away just like this. Because at the end of the day, he had no entrance because as much sense as he was making and as much emotional manipulation as he was using, he could not interfere with a basic belief that all three of them had that Allah only commands good that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never command us to do something that is not in our benefit and not in our favor at the end of the day. And this is exactly what Islam means, submission. This is exactly why Ibrahim salam gets that title, tabakum, to choose, to be chosen and to choose and to be named a Muslim and for you to be named a Muslim. And anyone that can look back at that incident and misrepresent it, or anyone that can look back at that and not see the beauty of it and instead see the output, why would Allah command something like this even though we know what happens at the end, which is obviously that Ismail is unharmed and elevated, that there's something put in his place and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives Ibrahim even more children and grandchildren. We know all of that now. But anyone who looks back at that and cannot appreciate and absorb that simple fundamental beauty who turns away from the religion of Ibrahim except for the one who disgraces themselves because that's at the core of it Allah commands good and everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands is for our benefit at the end of the day and when you think about where we're at right now and again this is not our sharia to do these things most things in Islam in our sharia, you can trace something identifiably beneficial and you can see something that is identifiably harmful from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. But when you come across these rulings and these rulings are being forsaken on a regular basis or circumvented or undermined because this doesn't make sense to me, this doesn't make sense to me, this doesn't make sense to me. That's not the religion of Ibrahim you know, it's very interesting, subhanAllah, because you know when you go to Hajj, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to go to Hajj and have an accepted Hajj. Allahumma ameen. When you go to Hajj, the most intelligent people in the world, the most educated people in the world, the most successful people in the world, you know what they're doing when they get to the Kaaba? They're saying, Shaykh, where does my ihram go here? How many times are we doing this? What do I do here? What do I do here? Everyone is asking questions to make sure that they don't compromise that act of submission and hajj. No one is sitting there going around in tawaf and saying, can you explain to me the wisdom of putting the ihram this way or that way or else I'm not going to put it under my shoulder. 
No one's saying, I'm not going to pray two rak'ahs at Maqam Ibrahim until you make it make sense to me. Because there's an acceptance in that moment, a mindset in Hajj, that you are here performing the way of Ibrahim with the spirit of Ibrahim as taught to you by Muhammad as a Muslim. Allah says, do it, it's good. And that was the spirit of Umar when he walks around, he looks at the black stone. Look at the purity of his creed matched with the dedication that he has absolutely uncompromised. I know that you don't benefit or harm. And if I didn't see the Prophet ﷺ kiss you, I would have never kissed you. Some of the scholars said, look at the difference between Ibrahim ﷺ and Shaytan and the devil. Iblis comes up with a rational explanation. When he's taught or when he's told to prostrate himself to Adam ﷺ, what does he say? Ana khayrun min. I'm better than him. You created me from fire and you created him from dirt. And the scholars say, SubhanAllah, look at Ibrahim Ibrahim could have said when Allah commanded him to prostrate towards the Kaaba, I'm better than that. You made it from stone and you made me from clay. But Ibrahim had a different mindset. And I want to end with this because it's so beautiful and so powerful when we're talking to one another. And we're reminding each other, even as there's no harm in learning the benefits of abiding by the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it becomes manifest to us all the time that everything that Allah Azzawajal has commanded us to do has wisdom and beauty and benefit and purpose. And everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited in time will show itself to be harmful to us. But something so beautiful and profound, when Ibrahim is pleading with his father to give up idol worship, he says, Ya Abati, la ta'bud shaytan Oh my father, don't worship the shaytan because verily the shaytan was to the most merciful disobedient. Because to him, the language, the approach, the substance is that I am in a relationship of ubudiyah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is my Lord and he commands. And it's upon me to accept and the more I accept and the more wholesome my acceptance, the better it's going to be for me in this life and in the next. And he's telling his father, why would you follow one who disobeys the most merciful? <laughs> his crime is that he doesn't obey the command of the most merciful. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to willingly submit ourselves, even when we can't understand and to willingly sacrifice even when we are attached and to be joined with the Prophet ﷺ and our father Ibrahim ﷺ and the most righteous in the highest level of Firdaus al-A'la. Allahumma ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi lakum risa'al muslimin fastaghfiru innahu al-ghafur rahim. Dear brothers and sisters, as we come to the last few days of the Hijjah, I remind you that what is more important to sacrifice than the animal and the qurbani that you put forth is whatever it is that stands as a barrier between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just as when we stand in Ramadan, we remind ourselves, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, of the sins that we need to relinquish. What is it 
that you haven't yet sacrificed for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah azza wa jal make us amongst those who willingly submit themselves and who are considered amongst the muhsineen. Allahumma khfir al-mu'mineen wal-mu'minat wal-muslimin wal-muslimat al-ahyai minhum wal-amwat innaka sami'un qareebun mujibu da'wat Allahumma khfir lana wa rahamna wa'afu anna wa la tu'adhibna Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam takhfir lana wa tarhamna lana kuunanna min al-khasirin Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun tuhibbu al-afu fa'afu anna Allahumma khfir li walidina Rabbir hamuma kama rabuna sigara Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun waj'alna للمتقين إماما اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في مشارك الأرض ومغاربها اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والكاذبين ودمر أعداء الدين اللهم أهلك الظالمين بالظالمين وأخرجنا وإخواننا من بينهم سالمين عباد الله أن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والباغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه على النعماء يزيد لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقيم الصلاة